Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Penn State Hoop Show is back. I'm Thomas Frank Carr, Nate Bauer, Senior Editor of Blue White Illustrated, here to break down all the things that's going on with the Penn State basketball team, where there's a lot of news to get to today. But the biggest thing for Penn State football, uh, basketball fans is they uh, got to see something they haven't seen in a long time, Nate. Uh, Penn State won on the road. So yeah. uh, <laughs> what's been going on with this team? Yeah. How? Well, first of all, how dare you? start to say Penn State football fans. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, it's I only 90% of the shows that we do. I, it just a little slip. You they're going to be they're going to be insulted. The Hoops fans are insulted. Uh yeah, so no, this was this was a Penn State team that was 0 and 8 in its true road and neutral games prior to last week and then on Wednesday they went to Piscataway and beat Rutgers for the first time since what March 2019? They won 61-46. 46 points for Rutgers, and like Rutgers isn't very good. We get that, but 46 points is, uh, yeah, that's that's good defense. That's terrible shooting for Rutgers. That's you name it. Um, but certainly got the monkey off their back a little bit for Penn State, yeah. right? Having not had that success, and then they followed it up with genuinely regardless of how much of a dumpster fire Indiana basketball is beating Indiana at Indiana, 85 to 71. That was on yeah. Saturday afternoon. Um, Indiana's a train wreck this year. Yeah. They're, they're really, um, they're really, they have not been consistent at all. Right. That's been a big problem. They were losing yesterday uh, at Ohio state. And ended up coming back. So as I'm talking about how much of a train wreck Iowa or excuse me, Indiana is, they yeah. they managed to to pull one the, to pull one off and and avoid complete disaster. They were they were losing big time at half. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so for Penn, Penn State, right? Two key wins for this team as it continues this roller coaster, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the name of the game for what this season has been for them. And it is appropriate, right, for this team, you know, and yep. that it's interesting. One of the things that I think I learned the most about basketball over the last couple of years watching this team is how hard it is to play on the road, even when you have a great team in these yep. Big Ten venues. Like, uh, I think it was the NCAA tournament team. They either lo- they lost at Wisconsin, and Wisconsin wasn't as good of a team as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know this team, which as you mentioned, has such fluctuations but obvious talent to do something they haven't done since 2014, says something when there have been uh, two NCAA teams in that run since then. Yeah. So it's it's been it's been. Uh... It's been a test. Look, they, they've had opportunities. Certainly the game uh, against it's a neutral site game, but the game against Georgia Tech at uh, Madison Square Garden was a win that ended up being a loss based on uh, kind of a ridiculous call at the end of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly in the other games, Purdue at Purdue, at Ohio State, at Michigan State, I mean, they just got run off the floor. 
in yeah. those in those prior games. So uh, to be able to come back in this league that's been really a mixed bag this year, right? The Big Ten itself is not as strong maybe as it has been previously. There are opportunities to to do this kind of stuff, and they actually matched up well against both of those teams and ended up getting wins. So it was uh, it's it's the difference between this team. I mean, truly, and I, I, I'm thinking about it as it's like coming out of my mouth, so I don't want this to come off the wrong way. But it's the difference between this team still being interesting in the first week of February and not. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, if they if they lose those two games, if they continue to lose on the road and drop to zero and ten in in road and neutral games, uh, they they really would have been, you know, staring very much in the face a first like a Wednesday day uh, game at the Big Ten tournament in Minneapolis. It just would not have been as interesting. And now, right, this is a Penn State team that's back to eleven and eleven. They yeah. are. 100 they were 100 yesterday they're 102 in the net uh they are five and six in the big 10 and really against iowa on thursday night at the brace jordan center they have an opportunity to to get back to 500 right in, in yeah. conference play which I, i'm not sure like most people including me i think had this team pegged around six seven maybe eight wins in the big 10 yeah this season yeah. If they can get there, if they can get there on Thursday night, if they can get the six wins with, uh, you know, a third of the schedule left to play in the Big Ten, that's a major accomplishment for this team. Yeah. So Iowa coming up, um, that's the next thing, next thing to cross off the list. So what, what do we want to talk about with that, and how how is uh, Mike Rhodes talking about this game with all the recent success? Yeah. So let's let's let him do the talking for himself because he had a press conference on Tuesday afternoon and. Really, this is kind of what I want to talk about in in this opening section with you is his commitment to, hey, like let's let's not pretend or act as though this is a program that is come out on the other side of the tunnel, right? That this is a fully formed and team that is ready to be consistent because they haven't been. They haven't been all season, and so uh, I think in this first clip he talks about it. It's it starts with him. It starts with well. It him. starts with me explaining to the guys. The number one thing is why did we have success on the road, and let's stick to that plan. So you know, I you know you want to be hungry, but you want to have great humility, and uh, let's go get another one. But you got you got you got to appreciate what happened. You got to appreciate how you went about it. You appreciate your teammates and your approach. Uh, but let's you know we got to show great humility with it because. Just because you won the last game doesn't guarantee you win in the next game. Uh, but what we've done the last two games, that that formula worked, and so you know let's let's understand that, let's learn from that, continue like a, you know keep saying build on it, uh, but you got to be humble because if not the game's going to humble you quick. And uh, get back to practice and see how much better we can get today and tomorrow before we put the uniform back on. So. This is a the, nothing is being taken for granted. There is uh, I don't I don't want to say there's no progress, but there's no uh, the the roller coaster is the roller coaster even for uh, in internally. There the there yeah there are twists and turns still coming right. They, yeah. they know that he knows that, um, and and really it was it was something that he repeated throughout the press conference was just. Uh, this notion of not guaranteeing future success right. Uh, talking about Ace Baldwin. Right. Uh, and we'll get to that a little bit later in our conversation, but 
when he talked about Ace Baldwin, it was like, hey, this is the leader that we need. This is the this is the guy that we thought we brought from VCU. And and truly, they still believe that he is that guy. And he's been that guy, but mm-hmm. just not with the consistency that he had shown previously at VCU. And certainly, there are a lot of reasons for that coming up a level, you name it. But yeah. bottom line is that inconsistency and that fluctuation for Ace Baldwin is is really emblematic of what's happened with the team throughout the season is they, they just have not been able to have the same focus is a word that he used quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, in this last press conference. They just, they haven't been able to do that with the, the, the consistency that they've needed to be able to put together wins, but Hey, here they are with two consecutive big 10 wins for the first time this season. And they have an opportunity against Iowa to make it three on Thursday night. Well, these guys always change my mind every day. <laughs> so, about a lot, a lot of things. But sometimes you got to hit rock bottom. I mean, the first half of the Minnesota game, you know, the place was going bonkers, and we were in a really good place, and we fell off the peak very quickly. And you hit rock bottom, and it hurts, and you get embarrassed, and you put yourself in a position where, you know, failure teaches you or humbles you. And that's what I thought the Minnesota game, you know, the reality was we, we got in the second half, we got very selfish, we got frustrated. Uh, we weren't playing for each other, we were playing through frustration. And sometimes when you have really good players, you can play that way and find a way, but it doesn't solve your solve your issues. Uh, and that second half of the Minnesota game, you know, we it, it, it just wasn't good basketball. And what was... Disheartening about it is the first 20 minutes was really, really good basketball. It just shows you very quickly you can things can change on you, and and that's where we got to be humble uh, going into this week and these games. So we'll see what happens. Uh, when is the game, and uh, how do fans follow along with Nate Bauer when Penn State basketball takes on Iowa? I'm always in our message board, the uh, the Lions Den, doing live play-by-play, you name it, having conversations during every game that Penn State plays. Uh, Thursday night, they are at the Bryce Jordan Center. It is at 7 o'clock, and the game is on the Big Ten Network. So whether you're there in person or not, uh, you can certainly join me for that conversation. Uh, and, of course, there's plenty of conversations to have about the basketball team, and there's plenty of things we're going to get to today. Lots of, as uh, Nate has uh, outlined for us, news and notes. Kanye Clary, top of mind. So what's the situation with uh, one of Penn State's best and most talented players as they try to build this, uh, as they try to build this winning streak? Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's interesting. Like, they have had this dynamic of, I'm not going to say that it's unsettled, but you have two players that do a lot of the same things between Ace Baldwin and Kanye Clary. And yep. so we talked about it at the beginning of the year, right? That that stretch that they had in the Thanksgiving tournament where Kanye got hurt at the uh, kind of early in the game in that uh, VCU game, the final game of that little three-game tournament. And him going out presented Ace Baldwin with the opportunity. He played his best basketball in Kanye's absence. And here we are. And Kanye has been out for the last couple of games with what appears to be a a, right ahead related, a concussion, I would guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not a doctor, 
and I'm not reporting that, but I'm just saying uh, that's certainly how it appeared at the end of that Minnesota game. Yeah. Uh, so Kanye has been out and he will be, he is day to day, according to Rhodes um, on Tuesday. But later in the press conference, he, he said something, I'm going to quote him here uh, that, that I think maybe betrays his, intention to kind of keep this one close to the vest. He said, mm-hmm. he said, we've had two good games. This was not a, a response about Kanye. He right. said, we've had two good games. We played very unselfish. We played for each other and we had a good player out for two games. He's going to come back. Now we need him to give us a great lift and we got to continue to play the right way all the time. I'm excited to see how these guys are going to move forward. So uh, is that a guarantee <laughs> that Kanye is going to play yeah. in this game? Yeah. On Thursday night? No, but certainly, uh, right, just based on his stream of consciousness and that response, it would lead you to believe there's a pretty good chance that uh, yeah. that Clary will be back in action for Penn State. And, right, like what that means, what that means for this Penn State team as it tries to integrate him, to get him back involved in a formula over the last two games that has worked quite well in yeah. his absence. How does that work to you? Because I do think that this whole situation has been really interesting and unique, especially for a guy in Ace Baldwin who's probably used to leading in a certain way, right? Yeah. Guy who's used to leading through play and then incorporating teammates, et cetera. But if he's got to either take a step back from who he wants to be at a percentage or if he has to augment his style of play, how do you be a deferential leader? How do you be a guy who is able to pick his spots without having have the ball in your hand all the time? I find this, you know, super interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. And and, and the results, I mean, I think it's, as you pointed out pretty clearly, um, things are operating very smoothly when Ace is allowed to feel like himself uh, more, it seems. Yeah, I, I think that that's fair. I also think that Rhodes' response, because it was really the first question to him uh, on Tuesday, I, I mean, I think that his response says pretty much everything, right? Uh, he said, look, there have been stretches of play with both of those players in games this season where they've been awesome, right? Like where, where they've been really, really good. And so it's not as though it's not as though it's this this night and day where you can just say, oh, Kanye not being on the floor is the only way that Ace can be really good. That's not true. Right. The, the two of them have played off of each other very well at times. In fact, this season, there have just been other times where they haven't. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, it's also too a little bit that with both styles of play, it seems at times the ball can get stuck and that's when Penn state seems to have some of its issues. And correct. if you got two players like that who can, uh, present those issues that might cause a, you know, a compounding effect of just the offense in general with more of that in, in it than it would without, without one of those guys out there. He, he said, he said when the ball's moving and we're flowing and all that stuff, we're just a better basketball team, no matter who's on the court. When you play that way, you're just harder to guard. And I really believe in that way. And that's the culture of our program, right? So it's it's just a matter of getting both of those guys on the same page at the same time all the time. And yeah. you can't expect that. It's not it's not going to happen. It's it's you're never going to get that for 100% of the time. But when they're both moving the basketball, just like you said, when they're both moving the basketball, when they're uh, and and Kanye is not 
he's not a distributor, right? He can, and he mm-hmm. has had, especially in the first half of that Minnesota game, he really moved the ball. He took advantage of, of uh, Lily slipping a bunch of screens and, and they had a bunch of dump offs and, and scores close to the basket. But when the ball sticks for either one of those guys, uh, it, it becomes problematic for them and something that they need to work out. So he, he it's not, it's not a one size fits all yeah. situation. Uh, do you think something that they're going to have to work through? Do you think the way he phrased this talking about ACE and finding an edge and, and being comfortable right now, and I know that what we're saying is finding that with both these guys on the feet on the court more consistently. But do you think that this small window where he can, you know, figure it out, do you think that helps? And I know we're not again, I'm asking things that are going contrary to everything we're talking about in terms of uh, nothing is guaranteed with this team and don't yeah. expect linear exponential growth. But are there moments and are there things you can pick out of this narrative that do translate to consistent growth for this team? Yeah, I mean, I I think so. I I think that we've seen certainly more of it over the last few weeks. You've seen you've seen broader stretches. You've seen uh, you've seen better indications of them certainly being able to play. I mean, like I said, the, the two of them played great together in the first half of that Minnesota game. Uh, it's just a matter of can can you avoid the letdowns that happen when they get punched in the mouth a little bit. Um, so yeah, so Ace, I mean. It, moving into what ace has done over the last two games uh he scored 15 against Rutgers. he scored 22 against indiana and he had a combined 18 assists over those two games mm-hmm. so the thing that the thing that stands out to me though about what Rhodes, how Rhodes framed the issue or the conversation about ace is his leadership yeah right like this this is the again like this is the guy who it's just uh, what's the, what's the line about having two presidents? You don't have two presidents. Right? Like you don't, you don't have two yeah. uh, dictators. Uh, <laughs> You're trying real hard not to say quarterbacks. I, okay, sure. You don't, you can't have two quarterbacks. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Yeah. And so, and so I think that that's been a tricky thing realistically for them to balance this year and for them to work out. But yeah, uh, if, if, if you have this version of ACE that has been the case over the last couple of games and you bring Clary back into that equation, how do you, how do you translate that? How do you yeah. get them to keep that going? Uh, and it's a, it's a, I'm, like, I'd love to sit here and be like, Oh, well, they, they've got it figured out. They don't yeah, have, or it. here's <laughs> how, right? Yeah, here's, they, how. Like, here, here's what they need to do. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they don't have it figured out. It's going to be very, very intriguing and interesting to watch on Thursday night to see how they handle it. Yeah, and of course, we focused on two players, two important players that have the ball in their hand a lot, but basketball, you need a lot of players to contribute. So what about the rest of the team and and how they've performed and what you've seen from them recently? So DeMarco Dunn is is the big one, right? He's the guy who has given them double-digit scoring over the last couple of games and has just, he's uh, slid into Clary's role in, mm-hmm. in certain respects. He had 28 minutes uh, against Indiana after playing 22 against Rutgers. So he's getting more shots. He's getting more opportunities. He's got the ball in his hands more. Um, and the thing that Rhodes brought out and that Rhodes talked about with him is uh, his defense, 
right? And that's been a major problem for him this season is it just has not been consistent. He hasn't been on the same page. You can see it. When he gets yanked from games, it's almost always based on a defensive letdown, a defensive lapse where he just isn't connected. He doesn't know, uh, isn't in the right place at the right time doing what he's supposed to be doing. And that clearly frustrates Rhodes. That clearly frustrates the staff. But hey, uh, if he can parlay, like the thing that Rhodes dialed in with him uh, when he talked about him on Tuesday was, hey, just, just keep growing. Just keep mm-hmm. like keep getting better. Uh, it, it is not going to be a seamless thing, and it hasn't been a seamless thing for DeMarco this year. They We understood that the role was changing from things that he had been asked to do previously in his college career at UNC versus what he's doing at Penn State. But if you can, if you can just build on these things, if you can build on these incremental improvements, it, right? Maybe he's not going to go for... 16 points, 14 points when Clary comes back. Maybe he's mm. going to go for eight. But if you can maximize his time on the floor, that that's a huge piece of the puzzle for Penn State. Penn State has had a season of not having the right ingredients do the right things at the times necessary throughout the season. And mm-hmm. yes, that's the story of basketball. But <laughs> if if Zach Hicks was shooting better mm-hmm. for the season, Penn State legitimately has probably three more wins, right? right? If Jameel Brown had done or was the player defensively that they need him to be and he can shoot the ball the way that he's shooting, those might translate to wins. Puff right. Johnson has been a, a roller coaster. Uh, Nick Kern has been much better through the new year, right? So the, the start of the calendar in January to now he's been more or less excellent. He's done a ton of things for this team. He is, he is, uh, whether he's scoring or not, he provides quite a bit, uh, to, to this Penn state team. So yeah, one of the topics on Tuesday for Rhodes was look, they are just a better team. He said, he said, we're just a better team. Let's call it what it is when those guys are impacting the offensive end and making shots. Yeah. They have this, to make shots. They have to be a, a critical component to this team's success. And this is kind of the, the reason for the roller coaster, I think, goes back to the assembly of the team through the transfer portal because yep. – Obviously, these guys had talent. You, I remember conversations about here's another top 100 prospect from his recruiting class. Here's another top 200 player from his recruiting class. Length, size, athleticism. But they were all in the transfer portal. Yep. And and there are reasons if a guy has talent and yep. uh, uh, certain abilities, if he's in the transfer portal, sometimes for a second time, that you can't count on. You know that that variable they've had to work through this year and it, i just been it, i think it's just been super interesting to watch all of that play out since the very beginning yep no doubt about it and uh, again in an iowa team that is has some good wins has done some good things but is mm-hmm. not stacked right uh, they have a loss at indiana themselves right so they yeah. have a loss to maryland they got smacked by purdue uh, they lost at Wisconsin, so they, they have some good wins, but they're kind of the same middling type of team, right? It's interesting. This it's is interesting. The, this is and it, Game of Thrones references are absolutely outdated at this point, but chaos is a ladder. 
and the middle of the Big Ten is chaos. This is where you can make the you can make the climb as they've been doing the last couple of weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and again, I mean, if they get to six and six, if they can win six games, uh, with a bunch of games still left, that that becomes very very interesting. I mean, I think I think I saw it somewhere. They they can climb as high as seventh in the standings with wow. a win on Thursday night, but could be as low as twelfth, maybe eleventh. <laughs> yeah. Depending on the outcome of that game. So uh, I apologize for not having that stat in front of me, but it's, yeah, I mean, it, it there is, there is a lot of basketball left to be played and, um, you know, certainly some intriguing things to, to keep watching for this team moving forward. For sure. And uh, it's entirely acceptable that you don't have every stat in front of you because you've been busy doing a bunch of reporting, breaking some news. We're recording this on Wednesday. Got to keep track of my days here. Today is Wednesday. Um, And if you're watching this on our live re-air on YouTube or on the Blue White Illustrated, uh, uh, bluewhiteillustrated.com, broke some recruiting news. So what's going on with uh, the basketball team and the the future Nittany Lions potentially? Yeah, let's let's we'll keep this in perspective. Breaking an official visitor is yes, is uh is, is interesting. Um they are hosting and I apologize, my Dutch is not uh probably where it should be in terms of linguistics, <laughs> but Max Picar, Picar, uh Picar, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Six eleven, super interesting. Uh, is in for an official visit this week. He will be here for, I believe, the game on Thursday night. I believe he got to Penn State today, Wednesday. Um, He's a Netherlands kid who transferred to Sunrise Christian Academy Mm -hmm. post-grad. So, like, this is a... uh, Off the map isn't quite fair, but in Europe, you never know. I mean, there's just... There's a lot of variables there, right? It's, it's yeah. hard to sort all that out. He has not been in the American college basketball recruiting scene for more than five months, right? He mm-hmm. got to, he got to to Kansas in August, I want to say, and so he, you, if you if you watch his his timeline, his Twitter timeline, it's just this steady, like oh. Um, Morgan State, right? Like the the teams that were interested him in him, Indiana State, aren't yeah. Power Five type programs. They're not Power Basketball programs. Uh, but gradually, he started to get more and more attention, and uh, coming into Penn State for a visit. So yeah. uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that visit goes. I will be in touch and uh, be able to hopefully provide some insight on, on how he feels about that, uh, that visit this week. We all know recruiting is the lifeblood of any program. Um, And I feel, uh, feel a little icky given all the cliches, but do it. This, this is, this is it. Got Hudson Ward, a commitment uh, that we need to talk about as well. So what can you tell us about Hudson Ward, the latest Nittany Lion uh, for the next class? Yeah, it's true. Uh, since the last time we spoke, they they landed Hudson, I believe, on Wednesday last week. He's a three-star. He's six foot seven, and he's from Canada. So if you're sensing a trend here in these conversations about Max and Hudson, yeah. it, Penn State is exploring its other relationships and it's other avenues to get players not necessarily inside its traditional recruiting territory 
Right. Um, so he is, uh, Hudson is number 150 overall. So he's an on, on three, 150 kid, which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he is number 41 among the small forwards. Um, and I have a quote here from Jamie Shaw, who's, who's on three's national recruiting analyst. He said, uh, it's somewhat difficult to gauge Canadian kids as the level of competition is very low as a whole. He struggled at the start of EYBL play last summer. Uh, getting used to the role and speed of the game, but he picked it up as the travel season went on. Borderline 150 kid and a good one to bring in. So, you know, I, I think if I could stress anything in any conversation that we have about recruiting with Mike Rhodes and the direction of this Penn State basketball program moving forward, it is they are heavily invested in their scouts. So they, mm -hmm. they believe in their scouts. They, they feel good uh, and confident in identifying talent, whether it's top of mind on the radar or off. It doesn't matter to them. Right. They feel very good about uh, the potential that they see in players. And the caveat to that and the second very important ingredient to it is they also are firm believers in developing players. They, they truly believe like a lot of these guys that they're bringing in don't have to contribute right off the bat, but with time, if you give them some time to marinate and get better, they will get better. They're going to yeah. become those types of players. Um, and so, you know, between these two players, you're looking at some length, you're looking at some versatility. I mean, and obviously Max hasn't, isn't committed or anything, but right. It's the best. But I, he has. I think it's important to, uh, point out these things though in terms of what Mike Rhodes is looking for what this staff is trying to bring in and you know looking at the guys on the roster looking at the things they identify athleticism versatility and uh, multi-dimensional threats they want guys yep. that can do everything they're not going to have a big that's just a big and is a rim protector they would like everyone to be able to run and defend I imagine a hundred percent a hundred percent and let's let's also call it what it is it's it's buying in from the jump mm -hmm. they don't they don't want to be they don't want to be a grab seven players a year in the transfer portal. And certainly that was the the situation that was thrust upon them when they first got to Penn state uh, last spring. Yeah. And the, the circumstances are what they were, but they, they would like to be a developmental per you plug some holes in the transfer portal. That's fine. You, yep. If you need help immediately, that's fine. But they really would like to become a, a true, developmental program that uh as you'll play here in this clip from Rhodes, they they the difference between last summer and now is they can show it they can yeah. show a team that's getting better through the course of the season they can show potential and the style of basketball and how it translates to the big 10 that before was really just a like a hope Right? I yeah, mean, he's like just trust he's a me. mental construct. You're you're yeah. selling something that doesn't exist yet. Yep, but this is how we're gonna play. But tr trust me, like it's gonna work. Well, yeah. now you can see that it has, and and so I thought that was uh, pretty interesting what Rhodes said on Tuesday about that. You know, the one neat thing right now is people are watching us play, and we have this really cool style of play. And we're not just talking about a cool style of play. People are seeing it happen uh, in the Big Ten. And we get a lot of great feedback that it's a fun way to play. Uh, everybody knows how I am about player development. Uh, 
the player you are when we recruit you is one thing, but the player we want you to be a year from now, two years from now, look out. And I think a lot of a lot of families and recruits and coaches and trainers are seeing that and that it's piquing their interest. But so we'll see how all that works out. We will, we will. But uh, first Thursday, Iowa, seven p.m. Big Ten Network. Join me on the lines, then we'll uh, we'll talk about it there. Always appreciate Nate Bauer being here and uh, doing this and having this show. If you want to help grow Penn State basketball and what we do at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, especially from this multimedia angle, please follow the show on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel, make sure that what we're doing here, I appreciate everyone who supports all the things we do. And there's, there's a hardcore number of people that are here all the time watching all our content. And thank you so much. But uh, share it with your friends. Let people know that we do the Penn State basketball show and that uh, we have all this conversation about not just this, but wrestling, which is coming up 10 a.m. on Friday. That show as well. A lot of great stuff here on the Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel and, of course, at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Nate, thank you so much for your time. That'll do it today for the Penn State Hoop Show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.